Welcome back to the Pastor and the Witch podcast recorded in Muncie, Indiana. I am your co-host Grant. I'm joined by my smoking hot, punk ass, sharp-witted wife, Jordan. <laughs> wife, Jordan. <laughs> I was going to say something, but I, I wasn't. What were you going to say? I was going to talk about something. My boobies? Oh my gosh, Jordan. I'm not afraid to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, last episode we talked about reading some... Emails. Emails and some comments and things that we have got from our previous episodes. So let's do that. All right. So we haven't... You know, it's always, I listen to the Josta podcast a lot because it's just so cool. I need to start listening to him. And he has these segments and like there's one called Yours Is, Ours Is. And it's like, he'll take two riffs, you know, and one will be obviously before the other one from two different bands that sound similar. Mm. And like usually they're fans submitted, but it's really interesting. It's really cool. It'd be like Pantera and Exhorter or something, you know, or it'd be like Metallica and Iron Maiden. It's really cool, but it's just, it's funny. Um, but, you know, I, I love that. I started listening to a new podcast. It is called Women Inspiring Women. I really like it. How many episodes do they have? Oh, was that 152? Shit, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's it's really cool. good. I've listened to... The first four episodes fully. I think I'm in the middle of the fifth, but it's super motivating. Um, you know, it talks about building a business and social networking, and um, yeah, it's just really cool. How so, long is an episode? Anywhere from twenty to forty minutes. Well, I should say twenty to twenty minutes to an hour, because there's been a, one that I've listened to that was about fifty-four minutes. You know, like I I know we always try to keep ours at like twenty-five minutes. Or so, and I think that's a good time, but, you know, like, Rogan will go, like, two, three hours sometimes, and I love it when he does that. Yeah. This is a little bit different, obviously. Well, I think, depending on what we're talking about, it's okay to go longer. Yeah, true. We might go longer today. Yep. You never know. Never know. Okay, well, the first comment that we received that we're going to talk about today, uh, the person shall remain anonymous. I don't think they wanted um, to be to be identified, but it was in regards to a couple episodes. Jordan talked about being actually arrested for marijuana. Marijuana, yeah. And I made a comment about that's a heavy charge. Jokingly, it was a kind of a a smart comment. And that's what this response was about. I was like, oh my gosh, like you said that was a heavy charge. And, and really it was like a tongue-in-cheek thing I said because, um, you know, I, I have a different view on drugs and the war on drugs and recovery and addiction and things like that. Um, so I, I would say some of my stuff is kind of, uh, I, I guess I would say more progressive, Um but it's not crazy, like, radical left-wing when it comes to drugs and the penal system and how we enforce that. 
So I have to be clear how I, I say this, but I do support the legalization of drugs. And that's a lot of people think that like, oh, you could just go to a store and buy heroin. Uh, absolutely not. Like, so it, it would be the legalization of drugs. So there is regulation in that. But instead of uh, punishment being like incarceration and things like that, uh, instead of putting money into that, money would go to rehabilitation. So right. instead of being, you know, like some of the things that you had to go through, and I know it was minor, it would be instead of building prisons, it would be sending people to to get help, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, I had never been in trouble before, so... Yeah, it really sucked. Um, I was on probation for a year, but I had to go through this program. It was called Moving On, and it was specifically for women. And I really actually enjoyed enjoyed it. I mean, the circumstances of having to go, I didn't enjoy, but I learned a lot because I was coming out of an abusive relationship, and I learned a lot of things about myself as far as reacting to certain situations and why I was attracting certain people. And allowing certain things to go on as far as like abuse and stuff towards me. So, but yeah. So, you know, it's really education. Almost in anything is key. Yeah. The only thing that I thought, which I get it, but the first, I remember the first meeting I had at that moving on class. Um, I was there with one other person and I don't really remember what we... Like, had to do, I mean, what we had to do was we had to um, basically introduce ourselves, obviously, but then on a piece of paper, we had to, it kind of reminded me of, like, back in school. We had to clip out things from, like, magazines or whatever with pictures or words yeah. that explained or that like, described who we are. Yeah. So I was like, really? I don't want to do this. <laughs> but, you know, I get the purpose of it. So, Well, I look at, like, drugs and kind of like the war on drugs. I, I look at countries like Portugal and stuff who have, who have decriminalized drugs and legalized drugs. And they saw, initially, they did see a slight rise and then um, saw a drastic decrease in drugs. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's a tough thing. Um, Obviously, addiction. I don't know how many friends I've lost, you know. I just lost a dear friend that, you know, as a result of that shit. And uh, it's one of those things that I don't think we're... I don't think anybody can take a, a logical look at our history and think that we're winning or we're overcoming this. Um... And I, and I don't think addiction is a character flaw. I think it is something, it's a disease. It's not a disease like cancer, but it, it is a disease. And um, it's a disease that you can't overcome, but it's something that's always with you. I have been lucky in that part. As I, You've known so many people that have passed away or have had addiction or have struggled with addiction, but... That's one thing that I I never had to experience was, like, losing close friends yeah. to drugs. And I'm thankful for that. But, I mean, we lost someone in my um, 
high school class. Well, we had are we're already graduated, but we lost someone to a heroin overdose, Cord Tucker. Um, but of course, like it's not we weren't like friends. I mean, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it was just a few years after high school, and he passed away. So I went to the funeral, but that's the only person really that I've ever like known. I guess yeah. that has passed away due to drugs. It's weird. I think, like in my case, uh, I don't know why. There's been a lot of people, unfortunately, and there's been some that, you know, are still, still in active addiction, and uh, you know they uh, are struggling, and it's one of those things where. I, I wish I could go up and shake him. I wish I could flip the switch and just make him step out of that shit. But it's unfortunately not that easy. But it's also weird because, you know, I come from Yorktown. And Yorktown uh, has this misconception of, like, being this very rich school. And um, I don't know how it is now. But if it was like when I was there, there are some wealthy people there. But it's a a fairly working class type, you know, school district. The school's supposed to be great, like, education-wise. I don't know. I mean, I made it through. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but uh, there were a lot of people, like, in my grade and kind of some of the grades around my grade that just produced a lot of addicts, you know, and lost a lot of friends. And some of those, I can't really speak for... Some of those people, because their families never acknowledged that they were drug addicts, they always made up some bullshit excuse, and uh, I don't know what it's like to lose a kid to addiction, so I can't speak on that, but, you know, I can speak on some of them that I spoke at their funerals, and, uh, you know, like Nick that just passed, uh, you know, like Nick was uh, one of my best friends, you know, and... uh, there's a big part of me that feels like I lost Nick a long time ago before he died. And uh, when he told me he was dying, it was one of those things where I remember thinking, like, I know this is going to be the last time I'm going to see you. And uh, I, he had so much potential. And that's what I really think, like, what bums me out the most about how we deal with drugs in our culture. Because so many people just, you know, they we're not all equal. We're not all the same. There's so many people out there that didn't have the chances that I did. You know, they didn't have the parents that I had. They didn't have like the support system, the support structure in place. Um, I was very fortunate. There's a lot of people that don't have that. And that's what, instead of arresting, you know, if, if we could arrest away, uh, drug addiction, we would have done it by now because we incarcerate more people than any other country in the world. Um, and, you know, we're only building more prisons. It's a money game. Yeah, we've privatized those, and, and it's unfortunate. But, you know, when that person came up and said, hey, you know, it was kind of funny, but, like, you know, it's a heavy charge, and, and uh, they had some experience with that, uh, a little bit different of a drug, but I said that because, you know, like, the way we... It's, it's, it's interesting how, you know, that episode we talked about a pedophile, and his sentence was the same as yours. It could have been the same as yours. For well, the the 
class felony was the same. Yeah. Because actually my charge was visiting a common nuisance. And that's actually a felony. But my plea agreement, I got it knocked down to a misdemeanor. But like I said, it's originally a class D felony. Well, child exploitation is also a class D felony. So, like, when you put the charges next to each other, it's the same class, which is absolute bullshit. Yeah. And also, this person has, and, and this goes with a lot of pedophiles, unless they just do something, well, I mean, all of it's horrible. It doesn't matter the extent of it, but I'm just saying, like, he has served three years, basically, and he'll be out in November. Um, but yet someone who gets in trouble or arrested for pot or having like a large amount, I mean, they'll do more time than someone who abuses a child. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me either. Like the difference of, uh, sentences for rock compared to powder, you know, like crack cocaine, uh, rock, uh, gets a much lengthier sentence than powder like just pure cocaine really see i don't i don't know anything about that but i just know that drug offenses like are so they're more severe than than yeah you know there's a book there's a really good book uh, called the new jim crow laws and uh you kind of see some of the just the the hypocrisy in in that um it's shocking, but you know, like I, I was making, I was joking about that because you know, like honestly, like if people, like when you and I first started dating, it was bad enough in the church's eyes because you weren't a, you know, Christian, and um, and if they would have known that shit, I oh, mean, God. that was like would have been even worse. And uh, we have demonized marijuana in this culture. Not that, like, I'm an advocate for weed because I'm not at all. But, you know, um, I, I do think there are some, some interesting things on that. So that was one of the comments. We're going we're gonna to go through a, a few more. So we got a comment from a guy named Andy Perkins um, who lives in Phoenix City, Alabama. And Andy... Uh, was given a nickname by Brandon Thrasher as he had a few nicknames. One was like Drop C Andy. Drop C is a reference to a, a guitar tuning and it's used in, in metalcore quite a bit, especially at that time. But he ended up on the name Hardcore Andy. Hardcore Andy is a uh, very, very sweet guy. Um, a drummer, uh, very unique, very funny guy. But we got a, uh, and, and I was around Andy for. Uh, a time in my life, and it was a really good time being around him. He used to have the funniest stories. No, I don't mean to interrupt, but he's the one that, like, you hadn't heard from for a long, a long time, right? And then he just messaged you? No, that was another person. Oh, okay. But, well, you just know so many people, sorry. it's hard for me to keep track. Sorry. <laughs> I remember Andy had an uncle who had a pet squirrel named Bojangles. Aww. And it bit him. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one time we were on tour, and uh, we were playing this house party at Five Points in Denver, Colorado, right? And it was it was crazy. It was like this, uh, just this crazy-ass house party. And house parties are the funnest places to play. And um, 
I remember I was in this like living room and I was changing and like Five Points evidently is a really bad neighborhood, but when we were there, there was like this huge snowstorm. So like there was nobody out and it was just like, they were like, yeah, it'll be okay tonight because like there's not going to be like gang activity because there's like a foot and a half of snow. But I remember I was changing in this guy's living room and he had this uh, sheet over like what looked like a bird cage, you know, how sometimes people do that. Mm -hmm. And I was changing and I remember like pulling up my jeans and I just like peeked underneath it and there was a squirrel in there. Aww. And it was just like looking at me and I was like, I thought of Hardcore Andy. When I, <laughs> but Hardcore Andy reached out and, you know, um, had a lot of kind things to say about the podcast. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to, to Hardcore Andy. Uh, I miss you, dude. You know, I really appreciate your comments. Um, and it's good to hear how this podcast is resonating with some people because really, I mean, this podcast was about kind of building community and, and healing for us. And we really, some of the stuff we're talking about happened a couple of years ago, but, and a lot of it was building up. Um, but we had to do it now though, because I was just so angry and hurt a couple of years ago. With the yeah. Life. It wouldn't have been good to do it then. But yeah, we've had like people come up to us just randomly too, that know you, but it, that's kind of cool. And Definitely unexpected. Like we were, well, it was 4th of July. Remember we were outside yeah. and we had like two people, well, two people came up to you and was like, I've been listening to your podcast. And, it's yeah. like, and it's not really people that you, that you talk to regularly. So yeah. Yeah. And that's good. I hope that people can get something out of this. This isn't really, I, you know, I don't want to like, it's not to feed my own ego or anything like that it's really a podcast that I hope people can kind of take away from and realize that we all kind of go through some shit in this life and this life you know just sucks at time like we were talking earlier like building character there's only really one way to build character and that's to go through like trials and tribulations and fucking heartbreak and just tragedies things like that and nobody wants to go through those things you know I sure as hell don't you know, and everybody wants to, I mean, if you talk to people, everybody wants to live to an old age, you know, of course they want to be like a healthy old age and still be able to do things for themselves. But, you know, the reality is the longer you live, the more friends and family you lose, you know, and the more hardship that you, you see and endure. And that's the, just the reality of living the human experience. I always think of, like, the movie The Green Mile. Yeah. You know, how he, um, like, inherited, or, well, whatever it was, um, got the gift. So he, Tom Hanks, like, lived, and he was seeing everyone he loved die. Yeah. Yeah, it's depressing. <laughs> well, Andy, I hope you're doing well. I hope the wife and the little one are well and, and uh, Keep in contact, man. I'll try to keep in contact with you. I know it's tell that to everybody, and I never do. But, you know, it's fucking hard sometimes when you're so busy. But uh, I love you, man, and it was good hearing from you. So the next comment we got was by a Muncie guy that uh, means a lot to me also, and I haven't spoke with him for quite some time. But uh, 
a guy named Dave Showalter, uh, also known like from the inner circle as Big D. Uh, Big D is an amazing guy. Um, Big D was the first guy to turn me on to hot sauce. Really? Yeah, I used to play in a band with a son called Cystic Relapse. Kent was in that band. And um, we used to, fuck, we were young. We were like 19 or some shit. Couldn't even like drink legally. We would go over to their house and and practice like every day. And uh, his mom, she would make us uh, dinner every night. And it was awesome. You just like, it was like a... It's like a grind, thrash, death band, and um, it would just like jam for like two or three hours, and then we'd fucking she would eat, feed us, and Big D turned me on to hot sauce. I was like total white guy, like grew up like nothing but like uh, Mountain Dew and chicken fingers, and <laughs> no like spice whatsoever, you know, like typical northern kind of white kid, and uh, yeah, but Big D reached out and. He reached out a couple times, and uh, sorry I haven't got back with you yet, man. Um, but I appreciate all the all the things you said. Just to answer a couple of your uh, questions, yes, we we do have several um, episodes that we haven't released. I don't know if we're gonna release those. They're pretty. Some of them are pretty heavy. Some of them are like I don't know. We. You know, you, you made a, a comment that we have this natural flow, like this natural rhythm Jordan and I do when we're talking with each other. And that's something that we really wanted to kind of have happen. And it's like anything, when you turn a mic on, you don't know if chemistry will happen. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like playing in a band. You have like a lot of friends that play and then you get together and sometimes like chemistry isn't there. Yeah. And you can't force it. And we're fortunate that not only do we have chemistry like, in life and our marriage, but also like with this, because it's like, there's a lot of couples that could never work together because of that. And obviously you and I, we can, because we're fortunate enough to have that other aspect of chemistry, you know? Yeah. And we'll eventually work together. Yeah. Like once you get your practice and yeah, I'll do my thing. Yeah. And you know, I think this is just a a part of that and working towards that. But big D was a, awesome guy his son Aaron and I we grew up together and listened to a bunch of the same kinds of music he was a couple years younger than me he was in Kent's grade and uh, but uh, I appreciate everything that you said Big D and uh, it really means a lot you know I think that he referenced something in uh, one of the emails about hypocrisy and some of his own experiences and when it's this idea of, I think, especially in the church, the church has a hard time of admitting that they're hypocrites, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know why. I don't know why that is. I think religion in general kind of like brings out some of the worst in people for whatever reason. But I also think, though, that like when you really want to be kind of vulnerable and look at some of your faults it really does help build you up though in reality you know I remember a time I'll tell you a story babe there was a time when I was a full-time pastor and the lead pastor that I worked under it was the second lead pastor that I worked under I was an assistant pastor both times and uh, this lead pastor's like somebody in their like distant family 
they'd went to a church somewhere out of state because they lived somewhere else. And they went to a church and they had a very terrible experience. And it was like they were visiting, but they just like anything wrong that could have happened happened. And I don't remember exactly what happened. But they, after they left, they took to social media and they said, yeah, we went to this church and it was like, you know, a bunch of hypocrites and like people were weird and sounded like something I would say, to be honest with you. And I remember the lead pastor telling me about this. And he was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email her and tell her, like, you know, it makes us look bad when you say things like that. And to me, I was like, but that's part of the problem, man, is that we want to sweep it under the rug and act like the church is the greatest thing and everybody else is fucked up because they're not coming in here. But we have it together. And when reality is, we don't have it together. And it kind of showed you, like, our differences where I was like, no, this needs to be, like, but you think this is going to ruin the church? Like, look at church history, you know? Look at, I mean, gosh, look at Christianity in America. Like, what a joke. But at the same time, his idea was don't don't talk about it. Am I, I was like, no, we should talk about it because when we're open and honest about it, that's when people are like, oh, okay. It's like when you walk into a recovery group, you know? Everybody has this, like, first time they go into a recovery group, they're always nervous and scared, and you think, like, your problems are the only ones that exist in the world, and then you hear somebody else, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's so good, because, like, they're just fucked up like I am, you know? And I think, like, a lot of pastors put on this front, and it, front might be a harsh word but they have to put on this persona that above reproach that they have their house in order and there's just everything's together reality is like life's messy you know and the church is messy but when you act like it's not that's when like because you can see through that wouldn't you agree Mm -hmm. yes yeah I think that you know it's one of those things that uh, it can definitely, it just makes things worse when you try to act like, you know, it's not there or hypocrisy in general. Would you agree with that, babe? Yeah. But I, I say that because, you know, like I do, like man is hypocritical most of the time. You don't have to turn on the news or get on social media to, to realize that. Right. i don't know i feel like i don't know that we are all hypocrites but when it comes to the church as you were saying babe (laughs) is that your stomach no that was you or was maybe it was me i don't know i don't know someone's stomach growled it went But what I was saying was, I don't know, that's one issue I have with the church is basically what you're saying is we are all hypocrites and we all have messy lives and are just trying to make it. But yet when you walk into a church, a lot of the times I think the majority of people feel uncomfortable because they feel like they're being judged and like they're like the lowest of the low and, you know, that they... I don't know, aren't deserving of 
Well, I think it's that mentality of, like, get your shit together before you can come in. And the reality is, like, that's not biblical, obviously, you know. But uh, the church is hemorrhaging membership. And uh, I honestly, I think the church is a beautiful thing. uh, But also, like, I don't know. Um, I just feel like. We've talked about it a lot, and I won't get into details, but how the church is backing a lot of things going on in the world right now. Yeah. And it's just a lot of bad things, and I just don't understand it because they're supposed to be godly, and they're following ungodly people and things, and it's just, I think it pushes people away even more. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing. And America is just a, America's a weird place in general, you know. It's really weird, too, like when you're in another country and people talk to you about America and you really get, like, the other perspective um, about how Americans are viewed in America in general. And, like, you know, when you're in America or you're from America, you might not necessarily view yourself in the same light as you do certain politicians or political groups. You know, and you know me, I'm not like binary, anything like that. But at the same time, like from an outside perspective, it's kind of like whoever is in office, we get viewed as like everybody mm-hmm. is like that. And that, and you know, that's disheartening because I, I honestly like. I'm going to vote, but I'm not Republican or Democrat. I'm not, you know, registered independent. But at the same time, like, it's frustrating. And I think a lot of that bleeds into the church because a lot of those, I mean, I don't think in history there's ever been a good time or a good result when somebody has mixed government with religion. Mm-hmm. Well, what was that that happened the other day? The church, the Catholic church, like, what was it like? billion or something. Oh, and stimulus, like money went to churches. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like, okay, well, what about all these people in need? Yeah, I don't understand why that happened. Um, It it doesn't make sense to me, especially like church and state is supposed to be separate. You know, Jesus, and I don't want to get all political, but Jesus isn't mentioned in the Constitution. And in my opinion, like the empire should remain godless, but... We can't go down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Well, I will mention this because I just want to put it out there. And, of course, we're not going to say names, but, you know, how your, when you were a pastor and your lead pastor made that comment about a certain family and was like, oh, don't worry about them. They don't tie to the church anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's disheartening. That was unfortunate. I still feel like dirty about that to tell you the truth that bums me out you know basically saying they don't matter because they don't you know tithe I was like really yeah and that's not a very um that family isn't very it's not like they have a lot of money you know no and that's not what church is about no definitely not or it's not supposed to be anyway no well you know babe like let me ask you, like, when you and I first got together, we moved in together, we blended our families, and I was this pastor. So, like, what was some of the things that, did you have, like, any 
like any notions of how I would be? Like, did you think that I would like make us all hold hands and pray before we ate or? No, not at all. I, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, I didn't think, I didn't think anything. I didn't feel like we would have any like issues with our different beliefs because I could just sense that and knew that immediately because of already of how you are already and who you are as a person. I knew that. And I mean, like, so we do have some very different beliefs. Like I believe Jesus is the only way, right? Right. So, and, and that's because a lot of people are like, how can it be the only way? And, and in my opinion, this is just what I believe. I do believe that Jesus is the only way. So um, I don't know exactly what that looks like. I do believe that. Like the only way to the Father is through the Son, right? But it's a common question we get. So like, what about the Native Americans, you know? And did, did, are they in hell because, you know, they didn't believe in Judeo-Christian and my answer is always, and I, I, this isn't like to sugarcoat it or to be user friendly, but my answer and my belief is no, I, I don't think they are, um, because uh, I, I do believe they they were striving. Of course, they were polytheistic, but at the same time, like they looked at creation and knew that there was a higher power. Now they had like a god of, you know, the sun, the god of, and the elements, things like that, but. I looked at that, and and that's the way I look at mankind, where it's like, I don't think any of us are deserving, and none of us on our own have done things to deserve what comes in the next life. But I think what has happened is because of Jesus, you know? And, and I do believe that, like, people, there were religions before Christianity. I mean, that's logical, mm-hmm. you know? Even, you like, look at Egypt, some of the things that were going on there, there was a lot of similarities between, you know, like the Eye of Ra and, and Horus and, and Jesus and some very similar stories. It could be syncretism. I also, don't know. the Eye of Horus is very similar. Well, I've read some things that I find very interesting. I'm kind of fascinated with the Eye of Horus and the pineal gland. Yeah. Um, you know, similar. Like, um, some believe that the eye of Horus is talking about the pineal gland, and then you can turn it into God as well. I mean, because that's where we're different. I don't believe Jesus is the only way, but I also don't believe that's the wrong way. Because I think it just, everybody's perspective is different. Um, you know, I believe that we all have this power, or God, or higher intelligence within us already. And I believe, like, with our culture and society, we've lost connection with that. But I don't know. Like, (laughs) I lost my train of thought. But I don't know. Like, Well, even just talking about it, we have these drastic differences, but we also have this mutual respect for each other where I don't look down on you you obviously don't look down on me. I don't look at you like you're you're dumb or you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. But like to me, like you go into a church, which you are not a churchy person at all. You are not a religious person at all. Yes, you know the Bible and you are, have read it and you 
interpret it very well, even in, in ways that I can understand it better. But when you go into church, you know, people pray and they read the Bible and they sing and all these things and they're, and to them, they're connecting with God or Jesus. And then with me being a pagan, you know, whether I have my crystals or I'm out in nature or I'm doing yoga or I'm meditating, it's all the same thing. I'm connecting with this higher power or just this feeling of something greater than me. And to me, that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if you believe in Jesus or, um, you know, or if you have several gods, I don't know. But like, I think it's all the same. It's just some people, God or Jesus or the universe. And I think I mentioned this on our last episode, but there's many names for the same thing. And that's my opinion. And I just think that when you make that connection, that's when your life, um, I don't know, like you start to see changes in your life, you know? Um, cause you know, there's Christians out there that are really good people and do the right thing and don't judge like you basically. Um, but then there's also Christians out there that are really bad people and, you know, and it doesn't matter what you believe or what you don't believe. There's good people and there's bad people. Yeah. So that's, but yeah, that's where we're different. I mean. So let me ask you this though. Why is it that, or why do you think that we can be married to each other? And we have these different beliefs. Why is that such a huge problem for a lot of people? Um, honestly, I don't really know. I don't really understand that. Because I think... I don't know. I think... I just don't think there's set rules to being a human. Um, yeah. I don't know, when you look at science and just just how, I mean, I know there's different opinions about how the earth was created and all that, but I just, when you're, there's no set rules. I just think you're supposed to treat other people the way you wanted to be, want to be treated. Like, kind of like what I said during our last episode, the golden rule, that exists in all religions. It's just worded differently. And Jesus talked about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Treat others the way you would want to be treated. Don't hurt people. Um, so, but yeah, like I was saying, there's no set rules to being a human being. I just don't see that. So when people say two people can't be together, I, I don't, I've never really understood that because I'm like, especially with even people of different race, you know? Yeah. Um, there's still people to this day, obviously, that are against that. And I'm like, why? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. I've just never understood that. I think it's dumb. Because we're all human beings. We all are made the same. Yeah. I mean, we're all different, obviously. But you know what I mean? Like, we're all human beings. We're the same species. So. Yeah. 
No, I, you know, I, I, uh, I think that <laughs> we have a, a healthy marriage, obviously, but it's something that has been brought to our attention a lot, especially not so much now, but it does happen every now and then. We'll bump into somebody in public or something, and I'll go... Well, that's why we named our podcast yeah. what we did, because it, it people notice it, like the pastor and the witch, what? Yeah. You know, like, that's weird, and it's intriguing to people, yeah. and it's either very appalling to people, or yeah. it's or people like it. You I know? mean, and there's a lot of people, especially in the church where I was at, where they view me as like I fell off, you know, like Grant's lost, you know, because is- of... Because of this, sorry, I bumped the mic, but be- because of this, and uh, it used to bum me out. Now, I don't think about it because I'm not in that context, and a lot of those people were so toxic, you know? I'm not talking shit about them, but they were but just it's true. so toxic. It, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you've heard this saying before, but like... When you turn off the lights, we're all the same. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I I mean, I agree with what you said. Like, when we turn the lights off, we're all the same. We're all human beings. And I, for me personally, though, I know a big difference. I don't know about you, but just with the world in general, that I view this world this lifetime it's important um but i think the next one is i'm not gonna say more important but i think that you know like for instance i remember working with like roasting coffee with frank and frank was talking frank has you know frank's not an atheist i don't know what the hell he is but he has this uh we were talking about this and and he was saying, you know, like how we're really just like this blip in time and none of this really matters. And then, you know, like we're this cosmic dust and he might get pissed off at me for saying this, but I don't care. I'm not talking shit about him and he's a good friend of mine, so I can say this. But he was like, you know, we're we're this blip in time and and in a blink of an eye we're going to be gone and we're just going to be, we're not, we're going to cease to exist. And it, so it doesn't really matter. And that, that's not to say that he doesn't have like morals and things like that. But there's a, that's a big difference for me because I do believe that after this life, we don't cease to, be, cease to exist. You know? Right. And I agree with that too. Like, I mean, I, I do agree as far as like the time we're here is actually very short, you know. Um, yeah. But I whether, you know, I do believe in heaven, but my idea of heaven is not, like, probably the same view as yours. Um, I'm a, you know, I'm a huge, like, I like energy. You know, we're all made up of energy. And that, whether that's our soul or our spirit or whatever, um, that never dies. It goes on, you know, um... I read this book a long time ago, Dan Brown, um, The Lost Symbol. And at the end of that book, 
there was something very interesting and it was a true story. Like it really happened. Um, I don't know. We might've talked about this in one of our earlier episodes, but, um, remember, you know, that famous picture of like Michael Jackson, he's like in that chamber type thing. Like he's laying, it's almost like, it's not a coffin, but he's like in this chamber. Like, is he dead? No, he's not dead. I don't know what it's called, but in this book, this man, like he was old and dying basically. So Mm -hmm. as an experiment, his wife agreed to put him in this chamber and it was designed like it was glass, but it was designed to cut off all oxygen and it weighed your body mass or something like that. And once that chamber was sealed, nothing could enter it or nothing could leave it. And this man got in there and he passed away. And after several minutes of him being dead, the body mass number decreased. Oh, yeah. So in a way, that proved that something leaves the body after we die. Yeah. Whether it be your soul or whatever. And I just, that's kind of what I believe. Like, whatever is inside of us, like, our, you know, that voice inside you that you hear when you're talking to yourself or, you know, your soul. Like, there is, we do have a soul that, carries on and I'm a, I believe in ghosts I believe in you know the paranormal and things happen that we can't explain um you know I I believe that animals and children are super sensitive to spirits mm-hmm. um actually Haley when she was three she saw my grandma um my grandma passed away and the day of the funeral or the, or the viewing, we were getting ready to go and she was three. And of course she didn't understand death, but she knew that like Gigi was gone, but didn't really understand it. So we were at home and getting ready to leave. And I remember she started giggling and she was like running around the house and I, looked at her and I was like, what are you doing? And she went and hid behind the curtain and she's like, Gigi's standing right behind you. And I like, I got goosebumps immediately. And then I was like, is she? And then she started giggling and she like hid behind the curtain again. And she's like, Oh, now she's over by big Bubby. And like, we weren't talking about Gigi. Like we weren't talking about her. We were just a normal day, just getting ready to leave. Like, She didn't really, I mean, I'm sure I mentioned, we're going to go to Gigi's viewing, but you know what I mean? She was three. And, yeah, she, and I mean, it was just like she saw her. It was, you know, so I do believe that we have something that goes on. Yeah, I I believe that too in the sense of, you know, there is this other energy and it's also something that's hard to explain. Especially as you get older. I think as you get older, it's easy to just life in general in the world to suppress those things and to kind of pass them off, you Mm -hmm. know? Well, when I was young, and I think most or a lot of people have these experiences because when we're young, we're innocent and 
our, we have these imaginations and we've not been corrupted by society and like opinions and yeah. you know what I mean? So when I was like six, um, me and my mom were going to go to Walmart and I remember not feeling good and it wasn't like I was sick, but I just had this gut feeling that something was wrong and I did not, I don't know how to explain it, but I knew something was wrong. Like something wasn't right. And I remember telling my mom, I don't want to go. I just, I feel like something's going to happen. I don't want to go. And I remember throwing up because I was so nervous and so we left anyway, and I can't remember if my grandma was already with us or if we went and picked her up or went, and because my grandma happened to be driving when it happened, but we were on our way to Walmart, and we ended up being in a car accident, and my grandma almost died. Like, that car accident really caused her a lot of issues, like, for the rest of her life, but I was really young. I mean, I was six or seven when that happened, but I just remember knowing that something was going to happen. What happened, though? Like, what was the car accident? Like, do you remember um, any of the details? Well, I don't know if you remember, but in, it was in Shelbyville, and that, like, 74, the ex, it was the second exit, like, where Walmart is. Mm-hmm. They have a light there now, and th- that's why they put a light there, because a lot of accidents happened. But when you would come off that exit, there was a stop sign, and we were going to go across, and... And actually, maybe it wasn't Walmart. I don't actually, that Walmart might not have been there. But we were going, we were coming off that exit. And she just stopped and then she pulled out in front of a truck and it T-boned us. Oh, okay. And it hit her side, so. Your mom was in the car, too? Mm Mm-hmm. She was in the passenger seat. Yeah. So. That's interesting. That's weird, too, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of things weird like is, that happen when I was young. Weird is fascinating, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like, does that sound... I mean, that's a weird thing to say, but, like, weird like that, like that unknown aspect, you know? But, you know, like, the supernatural, you know, it's like that old saying, like, the supernatural isn't something that is supposed to happen, but it does happen, and uh, and it's true, you know? Well, I mean, I have, I have some crazy stories that happen with the Ouija board. Yeah, I mean, well, and I mean, I've, I remember you talking about that. We uh, we really should compile some of our weird, crazy stories and make an episode out of it because, yeah, you know, I have some too, uh, and it's one of those things that like. That rem- oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, I just it made me think of this story. My aunt Cecilia, she passed away when I was a sophomore in high school. And I remember I wrote a poem about her in my English class. And I remember one morning I needed to go. I went to school early um, because at that time, you know, you could walk in the school and just hang out until school or until your class started. But I went a little early because I needed to print out the poem in order to turn it in. Well, I went in. In the library, I mean, of course, like, the office was open, but, like, the lights in the library were off. No one was in there. And I went to one of the computers, and all the computers were off, okay? And I was going in there specifically for for this poem that I wrote about my aunt who just died. 
and I loved her. Like she, I she was really cool to me. Like she was real classy, and always had her hair done and her makeup done, and she was funny. And I just always looked up to her when I was little. Anyway, I went into the library and I turned on the computer. And all of a sudden, when I turned on the computer, the printer started going off. And I was like, first I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, well, that's kind of weird. So I stood there and I was waiting for the computer to load and all that. And a piece of paper printed out and I flipped it over and it said, I love you. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. What you were, what grade were you in? I was a sophomore. Sophomore. Yeah. So what year would that have been? 2005. You graduated in 07? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 2005. Yeah, we need to compile some stuff and make an episode. Yeah. Yeah, because that poem I wrote, I, I'm pretty sure I have it somewhere, but it was, a, or my mom might have it framed. My grandma had it framed, I know. Probably somewhere, but it was a, it was a really good poem. But yeah, I just went in there. No one was in there. Lights were off. Computers were off. Everything was off. So I just turned the computer on. The printer started going, and that's what printed out. Yeah, there's some interesting stories about some places in Ball State, some dormitories and stuff where, you know, I think one of those dorms is being, it's that one being tore down. Oh man. La Follette? La Follette? I don't know. I, I think that's I know I've name. heard some stories about the library, that there's yeah, like a, yeah. there's a, I mean, I've heard Bracken. a couple people, um, there's this man, like a regular that used to go into Great Clips and he was a librarian there. Yeah. And he said there is like a spirit, some kind of energy that just hangs out there. And there's been several people that have seen it. It's just like kind of a black figure that just hangs out there. And well, there was, yeah, there's that one story about that. I can't reveal what it is because it's, a it would violate HIPAA laws. So but it used to be a, a funeral home. I had a crematory in it. And back in the day, uh, when somebody would die, the funeral home actually would put up the family coming in from out of town. So there was like a hotel. But it only had a couple rooms. And there's this, uh, a very uh, figure that was seen repeatedly. And my sister, who's a social worker, worked oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so interesting things like that, but... Well, and you've told me some stories, but we'll get into that in another episode. What stories have I told you? Like, one of the houses or apartments that you and Tisha lived in, and like... Oh, you've... shit, yeah, above, uh, now it's uh, Twin Archer. Gosh, yeah, that place is... And Zorn lived there, too, and used to... Oh, dude, that place was... I hated living up there. See, a part of me has always wanted to live somewhere that was highly active, but then when I'm oh, like, I probably would God. get scared. No, there was like bouncing shadow people. Dude, it's, I, I didn't like that. Mm. I mean, it was weird, you know, but yeah, I I never felt like endangered or anything, but I always felt uncomfortable. There was a doorknob that was spent. It was just, yeah. Mm. Yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode. We're approaching 56 minutes, so... Um, you want to end it? Sure. Okay. Well, we appreciate you all listening. Um, we have a Facebook page, the pastor and the witch podcast. If you haven't already, please go like that. We also have a website, the pastor and You can check out our episodes there. Um, you can send us an email for any comments or questions. 
at the pastor and the witch podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>